Welcome to Resound Worship. That's British. Why am I British? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, Episode 91. I'm Dan. I'm Elise. I'm Rachel. I'm Keiko. And this is the American Takeover. American Takeover! Woo! Yeehaw! <laughs> we do not all talk like that. <laughs> but some of us do. Just none of us on this podcast. That's true. That's true. Dan and Elise, you've never been on the podcast before, right? And never, never. will be again based on these <laughs> last few comments. First time. Oh, well... Welcome. Um, Maybe you can just um, share a little bit about um, who you are and what you do. My name's Elise Massa. I am here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm the Assistant Director of Worship Arts at my church, Church of the Ascension. And I joined the... I joined Resound's 12 Song Challenge last March. Mm. It feels like forever. COVID does that. Yeah. Wow. That's surprising to me. So you weren't even in at the beginning. How did you get in midstream? I would like to come up with something really funny and quippy here, but really I just signed up. <laughs> Strings were pulled. <laughs> Pretty I'm sure so it was a link. <laughs> <laughs> and Dan, how about you? Tell us about yourself. Sure. I'm Dan Lugo. I am... Let's see, husband of one, father of two, and I'm the contemporary worship leader at Community of Grace Lutheran Church in White Bear Lake, Minnesota, so just outside of the Twin Cities, Uh, best known around the country probably for the Mall of America, the biggest mall in America. And if Americans aren't shoppers, what are they? I don't know. (laughs) So now I feel all bad because, like, you mentioned your family, and I didn't. There's still oh, time. Clearly, he cares about his family, and you don't, Elise. I think. I think it's. <laughs> I'm just really. Now. I'm really glad he's just the husband of one. That's. <laughs> I thought you said, of father of one father. Wait, husband of one father. <laughs> we can't keep track of our lineage okay. over here. Husband of one, father of. Two. Two. Yes. Okay. So here we are, and um, Elise, I noticed on Facebook you had a question for all of us and I'm wondering you were wondering where we were all from and I'm wondering what that was for yes so what is a holiday time together without a fun game so we're gonna play a game it's gonna be so (laughs) fun and I recognize to all of you out there listening who responded to the poll I just appreciate your grace and the fact that, you know, sometimes where we're born is not necessarily where we feel we're from. And a lot of us have moved around to different countries or cities. And so this was really the most scientific poll that you could create for this game. But it is done. Um, So thank you for everyone who responded. If you didn't respond or your country is not represented in this game, I'm very, very sorry. Maybe we can take over your country again later. Um, But one of the things that I love... That was the most American thing that anybody could ever say. (laughs) 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 We can take over your country later. I meant to say podcast. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. To be um, fair, I think it was the Brits who took over this land, so... You know, it is water across the ocean, Dan. We need to let it go. Let it go. What um, what I love about Resound Worship and the 12-Song Challenge is that we have songwriters, grassroots songwriters, represented from multiple, multiple countries. And I think this is so important because as songwriters, we are writing to the people that God has placed before us to shepherd, to form, to walk alongside. And a song that's written in New Zealand may not necessarily come alongside someone in the U.S., and that is great. That is fine. And so that's what I love about grassroots songwriting. So we just wanted to, um, I just wanted to take some time to honor these countries in a game. So in good American competitive spirit, Rachel, Dan, Keiko, 
You are playing against one another. This game is about holiday traditions because each country has holiday traditions that are unique to themselves, at least according to certain websites. So disclaimer. <laughs> certain websites. <laughs> this, here's my right. disclaimer. If this tradition's not true, I will post the website where I got this so you can take it up with that website owner. Um, I have not traveled to these countries, so I cannot claim that all of these facts are true. And Elise I think it's has very personally important. participated in each of these holiday traditions. <laughs> oh, gosh. So here is our game. Yay! I feel like we should have some Christmas bells here. Da, 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 oh, mine are at the da, office. Da. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Wow. All right. So, Keiko, this yes. first question is for you. These are multiple choice, so you have a oh, one no. in three chance of winning oh, your no. question. It's going to be fine. Keiko, in Argentina, what object is sent into the sky on Christmas Eve? Your choices are globos, paper decorations with a light inside, Rockets with holiday well wishes attached to them. Tiny Santas with reindeer. I feel like your second one is from like a Disney movie. Is it not? <laughs> it, I don't know. So again, globos, paper decorations with the light inside. Rockets with holiday well wishes Wait, attached. Can you say the first one again? Globos, Glo paper globos? decorations with the light inside. Okay, I'm going to go with number two. Rockets with holiday well wishes attached? Yes. Uh -huh. That is wrong. Oh, eh. <laughs> The correct answer oh. was globos, paper decorations oh, with lights okay. inside, and they float that up was... and, and light the night. It's wonderful. At All first right. I thought you said lobos, which means wolves, and I was really intrigued. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, Rachel, this question is for you. And this will be good because we will be going to England, Lord willing, next mm. June. Now, it won't be at Christmas, but maybe we can have start a conversation over there with this information. So in England, what do you do with a Christmas cracker? Option one, eat and swallow it in one bite. Two, have a mate pull one side while you pull the other until it snaps and scares you half to death. Or three, set it out for Santa with a cup of Yorkshire tea. Okay, so I'm super confused because I don't even think English people eat crackers. <laughs> they just eat biscuits, right? Ha 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 ha. I don't know. You're like, I don't know. This is a trick question. No. Um, uh, how about the first one? Eat and swallow it in one bite? Yes. Rebecca Beast is over there going, no! <laughs> it is. You have a mate pool on one side while you pull the other, and it snaps. Or Those cracks. are Christmas crackers. They're not things you eat. You it's don't like want to eat one of these. firecracker, sort of, but manual. Oh, yeah. And then you I know these. It. Yes. I thought you were talking about a cracker. Hey, <laughs> it, it's, this is a difference in language, friends. Like a snack? It's not a snack. Like it's a firecracker. A, it's a, like a, it's a, I don't what? want one to Without show fire. you. It's that was a, a Christmas really, cracker. really mean question. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just trying to grow your knowledge and culture. <sighs> well, okay. if it ain't that from was the Victorian era, I don't know it. I don't know. That nabby and all. <laughs> mm. All we right. Need a little, yeah, Charles Dickens. We need some Charles Dickens. Please, sir, more crackers. Uh, okay, Dan, here is your question. In New Zealand, what alternate lyrics can be found in the adapted version of the 12 Days of Christmas, which is called A Pukeko and a Ponga Tree? By, and it's written by Kingi Ihaka. So your alternate lyrics are, so instead of five golden rings... Would you sing five big fat pigs or five haka lessons or five hoo hoo grubs? 
Wow. What would you sing in the New Zealand version of the 12 Days of Christmas? Well, when I think New Zealand, I think Lord of the Rings. So I can't imagine they wouldn't have golden rings, but I suppose there'd only be one ring to rule them all. So I'm going to go with five (laughs) hoo-hoo slugs. What was that? (laughs) The last one? I'm going to go with C. Whatever that was. Five hoo-hoo grubs. That was it. Five hoo-hoo grubs. I'm going with that. That's what you want to go with? Yep. I'm going with C. Oh, man. No. That answer's a no. It is five big fat pigs. Oh, clearly. Now, I have been in New Zealand, and I was super happy to hear that they had a version. And they actually, so the Maoris, the indigenous people there, um, they take a lot of the Christmas songs and they put them in their language and they change it to match their culture. And so actually... All of these examples I gave you are in that song. They're just with different numbers. Oh. So it's like 11 haka lessons, haka being their dance. So, yeah. All right, Keiko, back to you. Yes. This is about whales. In whales, what is a plagain? Is it a... You like how I keep changing up like the, it's option one or then it's A. I need to commit. Is it A, a three-hour service starting at 3 a.m. where all people come to sing Welsh folk carols? Is it B, the Welsh equivalent to the 24-7 burn prayer service? Or C, the service where they serve port wine to the choir to boost the festivities because everyone is falling asleep. <laughs> um, Olwen is yelling at you right now. Oh, no. Olwen, I'm sorry. I have no idea. Um, I'm going to go with A. <gasps> ding, 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 ding. <gasps> you yes! won! A lucky guess. It is a long service, and they all come together, and they sing these Welsh folk carols. You can see it on YouTube. It is beautiful and so fun. So well done, Keiko. Thank you. All right. Dan, this is for you. We're going a little out of order, but there's a reason. Dan, in certain parts of Ireland, on St. Stephen's Day, what might you call the group of boys who wear straw hats and perform song and dance numbers for their town? Is it A, the Northern Lapwing Boys? B, the Wren Boys? That's W-R-E-N, the mm. Wren Boys. Or C, the Backstreet Boys? <laughs> I'm going to go with B, the Rend Boys, because it sounds like Rend Boys, which reminds me of Rend Collective, which reminds me of Ireland. Well, you, all of your little associations worked. That is correct. Yay! Woo-hoo! Very fun. Now, I, I don't know if they still wear straw hats, but I kind of want to see it. I never thought, like, that just sounds super fun. wonder if any of our Irish folk can put together a song and a little music video for us. Just ask Stephen Sloss. There we go. Steven Sloss, the task is yours. Yes. All right, Rachel, this one's for you. Did you know yes. Steven Sloss is related to good King Wenceslas? No way. Mm-hmm. And oh this goodness. is on the Feast of Stephen when this happens. Yep, that he looked out and saw the Wren boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rachel, this is for you. As the U.S. Queen of Lament, mm. who has been dubbed the Canadian King and Queen of Christmas Cheer? Is it A, Michael Bublé and Sarah McLaughlin, B, Justin Bieber and Celine Dion, or C, Peter and Josanna Justine? Well, I don't know why the Queen of Lament would know anything about Christmas Cheer. <laughs> You're all royalty. <laughs> Y'all should know each other. We don't. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say A. Yay! You are correct. Wow, look at you. Michael Bublé and Sarah McLaughlin. Again, this is according to a website that might be outdated, but for the purposes of this quiz, this is what we're sticking with. Shout out to the Justines, by the way. Hey, 12 Song People, 12 Song Challenge People in Canada. I didn't realize right. they were in Canada. I thought they were in Washington. But I guess that's basically South Canada. <laughs> <laughs> God. 
I'm in Minnesota, which is definitely like literally the town about like a quarter mile from me is called Little Canada. We are we are very north. Oh, there you go. All right, Keiko, this is your third question. This is the final round. Okay. Keiko. I'm ready. In Scotland, Hogmanay is a traditional celebration of what? New Year's Eve, returning your unwanted holiday gifts to the store, the pardoning of the Christmas pig to be spared from the traditional Christmas ham. I'm going to go with C. The pardoning of the Christmas pig? <laughs> like a Scottish Yom Kippur? <laughs> it's the scape ham. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what is happening? No. No, no. the answer, okay, so the answer is New Year's Eve. That's okay. what it is. It's New Year's Eve. But um, for why this is so funny and why Keiko, why would Keiko pick pardoning of the Christmas pig? That sounds very strange. It is because in the U.S., we have a pardoning of the Thanksgiving turkey. So our president will pardon a Thanksgiving turkey that will not be killed for Thanksgiving and gets to live out the rest of his days on pretty Thanksgiving pastures alive. So, little... There you go. It's true. America. Rachel. Yes. This is your last question. In Australia. Oh, no. What might you have for a Christmas lunch or dinner instead of an American traditional turkey or beef or if you're vegetarian, whatever you make? Vegemite. Um, Vegemite. Is it... A, kangaroo, traditional kangaroo feast. Two, prawns. Did I just do A, two? B, <laughs> prawns. C, the feast of seven fishes. Hmm? Okay. In Australia, would you have kangaroo, yeah. prawns? Yep, yep. Um, I'm, I'm going to say... Um, the Feast of Seven Fishes. That is actually an Italian tradition. Oh. Not it's, Australian. It's, it's prawns, right? It is prawns. Shrimp yeah. on the Barbie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is prawns. I can't imagine Thanksgiving, you know, where everybody is like, oh, walking around with that big old turkey leg. Can you imagine that with a kangaroo? <laughs> <laughs> Just a giant kangaroo leg. Oh, my gosh. No. The <clears throat> kangaroos are safe. All right, Dan, your last question, final question. In Germany, what is, and I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly, Krampus Nacht. If you say Nacht without the K, it means a different word that's not appropriate for the podcast. So what is Krampus Nacht? Is it the night that Santa, according to tradition, got a Cromp in his leg coming down a chimney and was aided by Buddy the Elf to save Christmas. Likely. B, the night of the traditional crump dance-off. Or C, the night that a devilish sidekick accompanies St. Nicholas to teach naughty children a hard hmm. lesson. Wow. The first two sound pretty ridiculous, so I'm going to have to go with... C or three, whichever that one it is. <laughs> that is correct. Yay. Oh, Dan Lugo is the winner. Is he good? Because I wasn't keeping track. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> you're the only one with two points, Dan. All Wait, right. two. Yeah, two points. Bravo. It's my international well, flair. Yes. So here is our tiebreaker, just to not leave out the people in the United States. Oh. Um, and if you, does everyone have a noisemaker of some kind to buzz in first? I guess I could look at you. Oh. Okay, ready? Oh my gosh. Just so everyone's yes. aware, Keiko is holding up a rainbow colored bell thing. Dan, are you just like cheering your mug and cup? <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Cheers. <laughs> and, Ra and Rachel has an egg shaker. So let's see. What is, here's our question. In the United States, what is the number one Christmas song? Oh, Dan. <laughs> the what Mariah Carey one. Which one? 
Oh, <laughs> Rachel, all I want for Christmas is you. Yay! Uh, it is! Uh, Woohoo! It's also the worst Christmas song. I would kind of agree. You are now the queen of Christmas cheer because you got that question. <laughs> and you got both of those <laughs> questions true. right. Well, thanks for playing my game, folks. I hope that we learned a little bit more about the countries that are represented in the 12 Song Challenge. We can have some conversations. And I just love learning about this. So thanks for playing my game. And I'm hoping somebody Love. can help me out with something on the Facebook group related to this. So a holiday, you know, in, uh, in Britain, as I understand, is a vacation. What we would call a vacation. Like, we're going on holiday. Like, we go on a vacation. So what do you call a holiday? Is it still a holiday? Like uh, Christmas or New Year's or not Thanksgiving because you don't celebrate that. They Arbor they Day. say hap- they say Happy Christmas instead of Merry Christmas. Yeah. That's so, so maybe anybody, it's a Happy holiday. Maybe you can let maybe us know if it's still a holiday or something else. That'd be helpful. The So we're at the end of November. What do you guys think? How was how was the December challenge this November? I think it's been really productive. There was I think a cool thing about this challenge was how early people jumped in because it was, hey, let's write songs uh, so that we have something to sing next month. I think mm-hmm. I got a fire under a lot of people. And the fact mm-hmm. that once uh, the end of November hits, the the rest of the from now till Christmas is basically a race. So I think people mm. might have uh, also been inspired to okay, let me get this done and get it out of the way. Um, but it produced a lot of great time for people to edit and come up with things um, that were probably even better than they expected. Yeah, I agree. So many great songs. I don't know. What did you guys think, Rachel and Elise? I was intrigued. Like I, I also agree. There were so many wonderful songs. I was intrigued that um, it felt like this month's challenge compared to other ones, it it felt a little bit hard to write a congregational song. Mm. And so a lot of really beautiful and stunning um, solo songs and ethereal songs. And it just made me think, like I know in in our church context, there are so many um, sought after and desired hymns that we sing, that we only sing once a year. And so to schedule a new congregational singing song, it feels like it would take the place of a beloved hymn. And so it certainly felt a little bit, what am I trying to say here? Um, It's like if we were writing a new song to the church, what would be the kind of song we would want to write? Um, telling the whole story or just centering on a piece. So I was just very intrigued by that. Yeah, I, I think I think it's interesting to to you know we we often sing sing Christmas carols that are super common that we've been singing for years that we've you know um, since we were little and um, thinking of actually writing a song that feels like that, you know, that still maintains that level of you know, Christmassy, you know, vibe. Um, and I think some of, uh, definitely some of our um, songwriters achieved that, but having oh, to, sure. you know, but having to choose like, oh, I'm going to, you know, can you imagine like trying to teach a Christmas song during the summer? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you have to really think about that because some people are just so allergic to Christmas music outside of Christmas tide or, you know, Advent or whatever, um, and don't want to, to introduce anything leading up to it. And I think that might be, yeah, exactly what you all were talking about. Like why there was such a deluge of songwriters at the forefront, you know, like, uh, so many, so many notifications on my phone from Slack, like, (laughs) Yeah, everyone writing um, all at once. And uh, I was a little overwhelmed this month. I had a lot going on um, just at home. And so um, I wasn't able to get to everybody, but I got to some of the stragglers at the end and that was pretty, pretty, pretty nice. So, yeah, I, I, it is, it is tricky, isn't it? I mean, even though we're all um, trying to write congregational songs, I kind of feel like of all the months, 
it was, you know, a matter just a little bit less perhaps this month um, to write something that was not necessarily congregational. I mean, I think it's amazing when you can write something. Some some people were writing to pre-existing melodies um, that people would already know and writing new words. And so that was a great approach. And others, you know, you have to write something that's so simple that um, – that a congregation could pick it up pretty quickly. And so there were some that were doing that really well. But um, yeah, it's also an opportunity for some solos too. So um, yeah. And I, I think- love the fact that not every song was Christmas themed. Like you had songs for Advent about longing. I tried to do mm. a David Brackenberry data breakdown because mm. I love data and then I got tired. Um, <laughs> but like common words in the songs were Emmanuel longing, still, waiting. We had some New Year's Mm. songs in there. Um, I could bring up my spreadsheet. There was just a big breakdown. Light, darkness, justice was Mm. another theme that came Mm. up a lot. So it was really neat to see the different approaches people took of what message would we want to hear um, that is relevant to our time, relevant to our people, that isn't necessarily Jesus was born in a manger. Um, and of course, from last month's podcast, the encouragement to see how we could tie creation's themes mm. into this expectancy of Christ's return, not just remembering that Christ was born. Elise, did you have any songs in particular that kind of stood out to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's said every podcast. There are just so many beautiful songs. Um, And I particularly was drawn to just how people wrote, um, how people approached their songs. There were so many collaborations this Mm -hmm. month, or at least that I feel compared to others. So like Mike Clifford, a collaboration with his song. Um, And then there were these songwriters groups that were popping up in different parts of England, um, I don't know if they were in other countries, too. But then, of course, the United Adoration mini-retreat. I mean, just people really coming together in person or in real time to encourage one another. So, yeah, Mike Clifford's song is a collaboration with So Cool. Um, Jonathan Knight writing a song for New Year's. I personally can't stand New Year's, like January 1st New Year's, because everyone makes resolutions about how they're going to pick themselves up and it's going to be so much better. When the Christian calendar starts with Advent, with the acknowledgement that we desperately need a Savior. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciated Jonathan's night, sorry, Jonathan Knight's song that highlighted our need for Christ in the renewal of the covenant prayer. Mm. Um, And Sam Hargreaves' song, I mean, who doesn't like a pub song? Um, (laughs) And specifically, uh, in a time where sometimes the church is not as seen as a condemning force, that this is a song of the church just proclaiming blessing on people where they are. and not being mad about taking Christ out of Christmas because it was still very clear who the song was about and pouring blessing on others. Um, but the one I was interested in playing would be John Grummet's song. Um, and so why don't we play that and then I can give some thoughts on it. Light of the world come Light of the world come Light of the world come to our hearts, to our land, to the world. Light of the world come, light of the world come, light of the world come. To our hearts, to our land, to the world. Raise valleys and make mountains low. Let winding paths be straightened out. Take all our rough and make it smooth. Let all the earth see. Light of the world come 
Let every tribe and every tongue join in the everlasting song to praise you for eternity. Lord Jesus, come quickly, light of the world, come. Yay! Very nice. Great song. Indeed. It's really catchy, isn't it? Light of the yeah. Yeah. So John G's song, I just loved it. I mean, I thought it was so accessible. Right away, I could sing harmonies. Right away, I could jump on that chorus, which I feel is so important for a December song. You don't have a lot of time for a congregation to learn what you're teaching them with new songs. He's actually He actually shared it with his church, so that was able to be used. I love how it in- incorporated the themes of creation. Um, with the call and the light of the world, and it's based on the Luke passage. So I just loved it so much. Yeah, I like along with that, um, with the the verses, it says a meditation, he, he prefaced it, a meditation on Luke uh, 3, 5, and 6, which is that every valley filled in every mountain. Um, mm-hmm. And then verse 6 says, and all people will see God's salvation. And I just think that uh, that every tribe and tongue Pulling that in from, I believe, Philippians 2 um, is a great way to expand on that theme that all people will see God's salvation and just uh, packing more scripture in and expanding on it. I think that was really well done. Um, Rachel, did you have any that stuck out to you this month? Yeah, um, John Pocock's uh, beautiful melody that he wrote, um, it's a... It's a gorgeous minor keyed melody. Of course, I like that, right? Um, <laughs> and he, it's, it's interesting. He he wanted to have kind of a let all mortal flesh keep silence um, vibe. And um, he he didn't have any lyrics yet. So he's like, this is the, you know, the most I could, you know, come up with. Um, I think he had a busy month or something, but he came up with a really beautiful melody and um and you know really a beautiful piano arrangement and uh the funny thing is is that he set the melody to a meter to like the little little moral flesh keep silence the picardy meter um and it also i guess joel Payne came in and chimed in after i made that comment and um and said that it also fits with um the hyperdoll um come thou long expected jesus uh, or love divine, or loves excelling meter. So um, you could insert those words mm. in the tune um, and sing it immediately, which I think is something beautiful about hymnody um, that I use quite often. Um, so you can you can use the melodic structure to um, like a different melody to capture a different feeling with different words, you know. Um, depending on what season you're in. Something like Advent, if you want a longing sound, then you you choose a melody that's longing. So, um, yeah, I, I really love that. I love, like, the incompleteness of it or his feeling of incompleteness about it, um, that we can just post songs that are not, you know, in, their, in what we believe to be the perfect state, but... Um, I, I do that often, but, um, yeah, it's, it's refreshing to me to see someone do something like that. And then, um, surprisingly enough, we, it's usable right now, you know? So, um, should we, should yeah. we listen to it? Yeah, let's listen to it. Working on this song for Advent, running out of time to is how the tune goes even so so that you can have your say all of us is
Love John Pocock. He's I mean, hilarious. He's, just the he, well, yes, he is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it was but a beautiful a tune, gifted... and it was if it's art, you know, you listen to something that's both somber and you can't stop smiling through it. It's just there's a range of emotions <laughs> that really locks it. That melody, though, and those harmonies. He um, he's so great with harmony. He's helped me before um, on song on a song of mine. Mm. Um, he's just got such great um, gift for. It for beautiful chord progressions. So this is no exception. I love that. Yeah. Again, like I think it's ready to go now, just using mm-hmm. old words um, of a hymn, like Little Mortal Flesh. You can you can get away with that. Um, but, you know, it sounds like he has his heart set on like making a verse. This is where we have the verse about justice <laughs> or whatever. And here we can mention the climate. <laughs> So anybody out there, if you're listening to this, it sounds like John wants some lyrics and you're invited to jump on in. (laughs) And that's what's so great about this community is because a songwriter doesn't have to be the whole package. Like you don't have to be an amazing lyricist and a melodist and grammarist or what you know this is why we all exist together because there are beautiful songwriters i mean there are beautiful songwriters out there who can't even carry a tune when they try to sing their own pieces and so it's a beautiful thing that we can post these things on the slack channel and bring what we have just like we bring what we have to jesus and then the community comes around and we are stronger together in that so great example exactly Come on. Preach. <laughs> Amen. Dan, you haven't gone yet, right? I have not gone did yet. Did you have Yeah, did you have some some songs that stuck out to you? I do have some songs. Uh one and I started by trying to find uh people that I'm not familiar with because there are mm. plenty of people I am familiar with. Um and actually, I'll start with one that I am, which is Derek Bemler. He's also a Twin Cities guy, uh, Minnesota. Mm. And uh it's funny, sometimes the 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 hazard in posting so early, because he was like the third post on the thread or something, mm-hmm. is he came up with something and then it got some traction. And then about, you know, two weeks later, he's like, oh, it seemed like the different thing. So I posted this and it was so late. Is nobody went back and saw like, oh, I've got this this new thing. This uh. So um, it's really great. It just kind of asks, are we ever really to see the savior? And it's very challenging. So um, I recommend people go back and check that out. Jacob Kilby. I don't know him, but uh, he wrote something to come and see the glorious wonder, or excuse me, the tune of come thou long expected Jesus. And the Mm. lyrics are come and see the glorious wonder. And it's kind of a, it's more of a Christmas thing than an advent thing. And what I really like about it is that, um, when you're doing special songs, especially around the holidays or like Christmas, um, like you were saying before, you've only got so many so many weeks to play this. You don't want the congregation to have to learn a whole new tune. And if you do, you're kicking something else out. So to use Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, throw in some Christmas words, then all of a sudden you've got a brand new song that you can slide in and nobody questions it. Everybody's singing along immediately. Um, and mm. that's that's a win there. So I'm looking, to see, uh, I'm looking forward to see how that one develops with more comments. So that's Jacob Kilby. Um, and then the last kind of honorable mention I'll give Don Grant with his Advent Canon. Um, it was absolutely not congregational in my opinion, but you know what? Part of this challenge is not just to write congregationally, but it's to write. And so, you know what? If you write something that is can only be done by a choir, guess what? You wrote something. And what I love mm-hmm. about it for Christmas is that it has that wow factor. And when I think about Christmas, there's this, this side of Christmas that is all about awe and wonder and amazement. And when I was listening to it, I was just blown away. It's like, man, this is 
awesome, uh, which is part of what I think is uh, it just makes a great piece. So Don Grant with his Advent Canon. Um, so then the one I want to feature, and we'll listen to it here in a second, is Irene Baum, Waiting, Longing, Hoping, and Praying. Waiting, longing, hoping, and praying for your kingdom to come on earth as in heaven. Waiting, longing, hoping, and praying, come Lord Jesus, come again. All creation waits in expectation, longing for that day. When you come again in glory as King to reign, waiting, longing, hoping, and praying for your kingdom to come on earth as in heaven, waiting, longing, hoping, and praying, come Lord Jesus, come. shall bow, they'll have no option, every tongue confess. You are Lord, there is none higher, your name be blessed. Waiting, longing, hoping, and praying for your kingdom to come on earth as in heaven. So that was Irene's Yay. song, yeah, That's Waiting, Longing, Hoping, and Praying. And uh, what I love about this, it actually in exact contrast to what I said about Don Grant's song, which is the awe and wonder and the wow, is this one just feels small. It feels intimate. It feels like something you could do in your living room, um, which we did in 2020. We had in June the Living Room Songs Challenge, um, which was so great because so many churches kind of have gotten small. And I, I think there's just this this intimacy when i think of christmas um there's the celebration of it which is big but when you look at what happened that night it is very small and it's very folky um as as far as the just the melody and what she did with it um very singable and i love the way that at the end of each of the verses it kind of like you cannot stop at the end of the verse it just hits that that uh you know five seven chord and you're just like Come on! And it's that waiting, longing, hoping, and praying. Mm. And it just, mm. I think the, the prosody there is spot on. Mm. I love that. And I love how, um, you know, if you just look at the words longing and hoping and waiting, you could imagine setting those in a certain way was sort of very dark and heavy and aching, right? But there's something so kind of gentle and earthy and light about the way she sets that. So it's an interesting contrast that I think works really, really well. And I love that, as in heaven. I love that um, that little melodic twist up there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting how when we follow particular songwriters it, within our group, right, in 12 Song Challenge, um, how we all kind of fall into our own way of writing. Um, and this is totally how I would expect Irene Baum to write a, you know, an advent song mm-hmm. about waiting and longing she has this um beautiful folky vibe that um it it comes from like oh man like the Joan Baez kind of you know that that era which is such a a gorgeous um era like I th- Bob Dylan all of that you know um sorry with that we don't know any UK folk people over there which is just I know, I know, but I mean, I'm just, I'm just speaking out of my own context, but. I mean, even a little, um, uh, I mean, it's cliche, but little Beatles, little Paul McCartney could definitely hear that. Oh, more. sure. Or, or like, you know, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some of that. It's oh, all yeah. influenced by a lot of that stuff. And so mm-hmm. um, I just love hearing, um, you know, from Irene, because she she brings a different kind of a sound and a feel, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate, like the folk mm. sound. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's like true folk, <laughs> which um, it's just a it's just a treat to hear her. So, yeah. And the last song. thing I'll say about it yeah. is they're uh, using it in their church already. She planned on using it for Advent and something cool about Advent 
uh, songs with three verses is you learn it week one, you add a verse week two, add it week three. By week four, you can sing the whole thing together. And uh, yeah, it's it's just it works. Awesome. Yeah, there are so so many great ones. Um, I know we're missing so many. I I really loved one um, that was posted pretty recently by Ra- Rob McClellan. He did this kind of sea shanty that's like burn the candles down. It's like yes. super hooky. Yes. I just love I love that one. Um, who Anita Dobson did a beautiful one. Um, she did this. She she just used her voice and um, sang this beautiful melody. Um, and I and I loved how she kind of balanced um, so beautifully the longing then for Christ and then our current longing for his return. Um, let's see. Uh, Matt Weeks did this amazing song uh, called like Oh Bethlehem, I think, where it's sort of in the vein of a little town of Bethlehem where he addresses Bethlehem, the city of Bethlehem. But it's like incredibly personal and very intimate and kind of slightly asymmetrical, but in a way that completely works. Um, you should go listen to it for sure. Um, but then one I wanted to feature was by Joy Morgan. Uh, why don't we have a listen to it? she uses is very simple but it's just it puts you in that moment somehow she she's able to capture the kind of enormity of the moment but then uses kind of detailed sensory language um to to put you in the story um yeah it's just i love that verse one piercing the night full of tears Mm -hmm. the cry of a newborn redeeming the past the silence of 400 years of waiting for him broken at last. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's super good. Wow. Wow. Yeah, gorgeous. And then um, there's sort of this, the bass line sort of gently falls down, down, down through the verses. But then there's this kind of gentle, I don't want to say victorious, but that she she really differentiated the chorus. There's sort of release into the chorus um, that's very different from the verses that feels so beautiful and wondrous at the light of the world. And and you feel like you could sing along with her um, without too much effort in this melody. So mm. fantastic, mm. Joy Morgan. Um, the other one I wanted to mention was by Andrew Finden. And I, I lo- he did kind of a, there's no chorus, it's just um, three verses. And I feel like he just 
um, nailed it with this one with it's instantly singable. You, I, I felt like I could sing with him right away. Once again, it was simple enough um, that I could sing with him. So I think you could incorporate it as a congregational song. Yeah, so maybe we can just have a listen to, to his together. The stillness of the night is pierced with Mary's cry of birth. As heaven's years of silence cease, God's word has come to earth. What joyful news the angels bring, their anthem fills the sky. Oh, come and sing to Christ the King, and praise our God on high. The shepherds leave their flocks and fields in wonder to bow down Before the infant Lamb of God, the heir to David's crown For in this frail Emmanuel, God enters space and time Oh, come and sing to Christ the King and praise our God on high. The groaning world is fraught with hope to glimpse the promised Son. For in the advent of this child, God's kingdom has begun. And those who long to see the dawn will walk into his light. Oh, come and sing to Christ the King and praise our God on high. And those who long to see you know, the dawn. I just want to say how beautiful these songs have been. I mean, they're just beautiful. And I feel like it captures the season that we're entering into in a world of, you know, 400 years of silence, and sometimes it feels like that way for us. And then it's these beautiful songs that bring us into the beauty of the incarnation and reminding us of the beauty that God intended from the beginning and the beauty that he intends at the end. Um, Just really grateful for that. Yeah, I feel like this song of Andrews is like, there's something so classic about it. It feels like a really classic hymn um, you could sing along with right away. And the the language he uses, again, it's just, it puts you in the moment. And um, and I love how he interacted so fully with, with the community here, even to like create a poll on the Facebook page <laughs> to ask, um, you know, how certain lyrics were coming across. And um, so he just kept... Um, tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and came out with um, something absolutely gorgeous. So it's, it's funny. I, I looked at the, well one of the done, first Andrew. comments, one of the first comments on Irene's was, um, was by Andrew. And he said, I started, I wrote my song and it starts almost exactly the same, but we ended in different places. So I kind of mm-hmm. had that in mind. And yeah, it's the, the night is Pierce with Mary's cry. Um, did I say Irene? I didn't mean Irene's song. I meant the, whoever's we just listened to. Joy, Joy Marie's song. Um, oh, Joy. The joyful news, you know, the the second one, the shepherds and the uh, they bow down. Just so so much is similar, yet at the same time, you could hear both of these songs back to back and not think like, oh, I heard this before, which is I think just such a testament to people always ask like, why should we keep writing new songs? Like the story's been told a billion times. It's like yeah, but but when you tell it, it's different, and people are going to hear it different. So just just keep writing. Well done, everyone. Now, before we forget, let's name the star of the month. I want to hear Ian's jingle. Amazing jingle. Star, 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 star of the month. Right? Olin Ringrose and Chloe Rose. Yeah. I think it's got to go to both of them. Stars of the month. Yay, stars of the month. 
Um, so encouraging, so helpful. So thanks to them. The 12 stones, the year So I think it's time to introduce the December challenge, the moment everyone is waiting for, right? Um, I'm not going to butcher the name. Somebody else, please pronounce the word. So the December challenge is Taze songs, Taze, Taze. I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce it, and there are very strong opinions on that. But just a brief introduction. The idea of this challenge came up on the Facebook page as people were commenting that for those of us who are songwriters who are also serving in our churches, December can feel just like this onslaught of things that we have to do and trying to keep ahead, that the idea of writing a song can be extremely, um, sometimes paralyzing and kind of scary. And I I was remembering back to when Joel and Sam said that the original inception of 12 Song Challenge was just to write something, a phrase, a word, a melody. And I think the sharpening of our community has resulted in people writing full-blown songs right out the gate, which is amazing. And we don't want to deter those of us who can't do that during a press season, but it doesn't mean that we're failing. So this month we'll be doing... Um, writing songs that really are meant to only be a phrase of scripture, a simple melody line, nothing hugely involved. Um, So a little background about Taze Worship, Taze Worship. It's actually a town in France, and um, Roger Louis Schultz Marchot, I believe that's how you say his name, he's known as Bishop Roger, he was traveling to this town that was mostly abandoned and ended up staying and forming the Taze community. And then the songs that came out of the life of this community have now become known as Taze singing, Taze services. So I think that's an important piece to remember, um, that these songs, they're a genre, but they're more of a fruit of the deeper work within a community. So this community is based very similarly to the Benedictine lifestyle. So it's work and prayer. They pray the three times a day. A lot of their prayer life is based in silence and meditation. And so the songs are a tool that reflect that lifestyle So we're meditating on a specific scripture verse or specific words and having a very singable melody that is repeated over and over and over again. So you'll have like seven to 10 minutes. It's like the simplified hill song. Seven to 10 minutes of song, but it's just one phrase. And the idea behind that is it's to help the person praying step into that meditative place with the Lord without striving and just really be able to focus on him rather than what are they saying. Um, And so we're not necessarily writing Taze songs because we're not part of the Taze community, but we're writing songs that are similar in that style And hopefully this will be a good practice for people like me who are a bit overachievers and always looking for the best words um, to really just focus in scripture, focus in melody that the congregation can sing, and maybe even be a practice for ourselves to press against the hustle and bustle of the holiday season as it approaches. I'm really looking forward to this and with such a busy season. Um, you're right. It's a, it's a great opportunity to even write for myself, to sort of slow down, to be simple, um, to write something meditative. So I think, I think this is a great month for that challenge. Yeah. And I'm not 100% sure if the songs are copyrighted and if we can play them on the podcast, but Wait for the Lord is a good example. Bless the Lord, my soul, another one. Um, stay with me, remain in me, watch and pray, watch and pray. That's all you say. My choir sings to say songs frequently just because it's they're, they're easy and they're really wonderful to um, perform during communion. Um, because sometimes communion takes a while or sometimes it's shorter. And so you can, you can repeat Mm. if necessary. Um, Mm. you know, the wait for the Lord, it kind of, it's so just to give you a little bit of feel of what it sounds like, it's like, wait for the Lord, 
who stays near. Wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart. You know, and then that, that would repeat over and over and over again, um, sometimes softer and sometimes louder. Um, so um, something else I think that um, our songwriters should maybe um, use as kind of a, a picture in their minds is think of writing for a choir and think of um, like scripture portions that are really in, in, important to you that you would like to meditate on and imagine a choir singing that and write based on that. Um, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to write mine based on like how I would envision a choir singing it over and over and over again in a meditative style. Great. So there you have it. Taze songs. And I think it would be great if we could feature maybe the song by Joel Payne. Didn't he write a Taze like song? Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy on us. That's it. It does fit the themes of how those songs are written. Yeah. That, that style of song, maybe we can end with that. But anyway, he can decide that. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Dan and Elise, for joining us. And I uh, look forward to seeing you on the Slack channel. Let's do it. Bye. 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 Happy Christmas. Get her done. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.
see.